Data Mesh Radio is provided as a free community resource by Data Mesh Understanding. It is produced and hosted by me, Scott Herleman. I started this podcast as a place for practitioners to get useful information about Data Mesh, and we're at over 200 episodes already. This is a Mesh Musings episode where I do a relatively short overview, some might call a few of them rants, on a specific topic related to Data Mesh. I try to put uh, you know my few summary takeaways in the show notes too to make it easy to decide if this will be useful for you. Quick reminder as well to hit the Data Mesh Understanding link in the show notes to easily review listings of past episodes you might have missed, you know, that I've grouped up on different topics to make it easy if you want to do like a deep dive into governance or something like that. Do check out the Data Mesh Understanding offerings as well and the free community introduction and roundtable programs while you're there. Now with that, on to the Mesh Musing. Even more on driving buy-in in Data Mesh. This one's mostly about domains. Mesh Musings 31. I said more soon on driving buy-in, didn't I? <laughs> okay, so I left off on a bit of a cliffhanger in the last episode. Was ta- talking about how do you share ownership a bit. I think in data, far too many people are obsessed with black and white. I recently had a discussion around MDM or master data management in a data mesh context. There will be a panel on that uh, in hopefully the nearish future on Data Mesh Radio. It is honestly going to be the same around ownership in a lot of places. There will be areas of gray. God, shades of gray needs a cleansing as a phrase. Anyway, back to the topic. So when talking about driving buy-in with domains, again, there will need to be some empathy and there might be some messy shared ownership between the centralized data team that is decentralizing itself and the domains. And that's okay as long as you are making progress. If you are in it with the domain, at least that's better than the data team only having ownership skin in the game, right? Okay, let's talk about how you might actually do some of this driving buy-in with the domains as that seems to be the hardest part for most, most people, most organizations. Scott Hawkinson's episode, episode number 48, really brought some crucial things to light about how to do this tactically. Amara Gafur talked a bit about this too, but when you think about something I've been saying a lot about domains, it's really crucial to buy in, right? Can they actually do this? That can is a loaded word, so very loaded. Can they, as in, do they have the capabilities the data literacy skills to actually handle owning the sharing of their data? Do they have the cognitive and time capacity? You know, do they have the load to take this on? Do they have the resources to do this? Do they have the incentives to actually do this? Do they have the psychological safety to do this? This isn't even all of the questions I'm sure, but let's let's dig into each of these a little bit, right? 
So do they have the capabilities? The answer is almost certainly no, but you can get them there. You can work with them to get there and you don't have to be sharing the most complex, amazing things right at the start as well. Having an open conversation about, hey, this is where we want you to go, but we get that you aren't there yet. Let's partner together to get you where you need to be from a capability standpoint to to do this, to own the data. We promise we aren't throwing this over the wall on you, right? That's a much better conversation than you now own this. Yes, it might be harder, but it will be more effective, right? So that's one thing really like dig in and be prepared to say like these domains don't have the capabilities right out of the gate. So the second question was, do they have the cognitive and time capacity to, to do this, to own their data? So this one comes up a lot. Marius Inger, uh, who was episode 50, talked about cognitive load of developers a lot. Jessatron, aka Jessica Kerr, episode 41, went really into a lot about this. Developers, you know, slash software engineers have so damn much they already have on their plate. So much cognitive load. They're they're doing all these different things around, you know, microservices and DevOps and you know the CI/CD aspects and you know front end, back end, blah blah blah, frameworks, all these things, right? They already have so much and we're trying to add more, right? Are we trying to just kind of shovel all of the data knowledge onto them too fast? I think it's important to let software engineers take the time to really understand how to deal with data and give them and tell them you are giving them some training wheels to help them do this right, right? And as Scott Hawkins went into, do they have the time, capacity, and somewhat incentivization to actually take on owning their data? Again, just putting additional responsibilities on their plate, that that will not work well. So you need to realign their workload to account for these additional responsibilities and learning how to handle these additional responsibilities. It's not just that you're, you know, okay, hey, I need you to do some chores around the house and you're expecting your kid to start doing like the cleaning out the septic tank or doing welding work or, (laughs) you know, it's not just, okay, we're going to clear out a little bit of time for you to, to handle this data stuff. We have to get them the time to actually learn how to do it. Get at those KPIs. Other works will need to be deprioritized. Maybe you can get away with just giving them more resources, but probably not. People and or platforms are not plug and play or hot swappable as much as we'd like them to be. I often say giving people additional responsibilities without or additional resources is a dot, 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 not nice move. You know, and I say that for a reason. Adele McDonald's uh, episode, which comes out in about a month, unfortunately, but has some really great stories around this too, about like really helping the teams to kind of get going. And that transitions well into number three. Do they have the resources to do this? Think about resourcing. Remember, people are often viewed as resources and we don't want to dehumanize, but let's also be honest. People you know, ha- are, are part of that kind of resourcing. Like how much can a team actually take on? If you don't have the people to do this, it, it won't get done. The other aspect of resources is the platform itself. 
how much are you making self-serve? How, how much are you making so it's just easy on them? Are you providing them the platforms, the templates, the, the, yeah, the, the, the templates and to make the blueprints to make this stuff easy for them? You know, there are domains that will happily do things around owning their data where it's a bit of a hodgepodge, especially if they get to play with cool tech, tech and do cool stuff. But that's probably not the case for most domains. If you are asking for them to take on ownership before showing them they can do it and that it won't be a massive time sink, you're going to get pushback. Of, of course. What do you expect? If you ask me to teach a bear to ride a bicycle tomorrow, I might not be down for that, even if you claim it's part of my job. Same with telling me to deal with data influencers, you know? <laughs> um, you might tell me that's part of my job. Eh, I'm not real happy to be doing that. So, like, Think about, do they have what they would need to do this even if they could do it, right? If they could do it from the capability standpoint, if they could do it because they've got the times. So second to last, you're almost done with this one, I promise you. Do they have the incentives to do this? I think this one is really important and it kind of gets skipped over a lot. I talk about community work and tell people engaging with community people, they don't give a flying F what you want to tell them. They care about what they care about. Tie that to what you talk to them about and advance them towards value, right? It's an insanely difficult mindset for many people to kind of move towards that of like mutually beneficial and, and thinking, why would somebody want to do this? How can I find a way to get them to want to do that? And it kind of baffles me sometimes because I'm just so ingrained in this, but it's it's difficult. It's really difficult. And, and a lot of the times it's going and asking them. And sometimes people won't give you a straight answer. Sometimes people don't know. But a lot of this is, is like, what do they want out of this. And, and sometimes that can lead to really obnoxious hordes trading and things like that. And you just kind of have to deal with that. But a lot of times it's like, hey, how can we make doing this beneficial for you? Right? Oh, you yourself want to have a bigger kind of influence within the company. Okay. We're going to make sure you get a lot of credit and a lot of um, kind of FaceTime with the execs around okay, we're gonna when this is successful, we're gonna put you in front of them to to be the the person that tells other teams how they're gonna how they should do this and how they should move forward and think about how you actually would work with people and actually again talk to them and then work with the leaders. Scott Hawkins talked about this again a lot. Work with the leaders to realign KPIs. Make sure doing data mesh actually impacts their career path, their pay, et cetera. Like, don't try to wield the stick. You know, a, a phrase that I'm now going to use a lot more is use carrots and compassion where possible, right? Don't use the stick. Work to make doing data mesh worth their while. I can't tell you exactly how to do that because as I mentioned last week, customization is key. You actually need to work with people to figure out what is a carrot to them. But a lot of this is just getting in the room with them and, and talking. So last of my five questions I asked was about psychological safety. Go read up on Google's research into high-performing teams. Psychological safety, FTW, you know, for the win. Historically in data, 
It's been about getting it right or wrong, and there wasn't much of a safety net. Making it okay to fail, limiting the blast radius, making kind of trying things, testing, iterating towards the right answer, towards value, making that part of your everyday process. These are all incredibly important. Letting domains know that they aren't signing up to serve every data request ever is key too. Many people see data mesh as an opportunity for data people to get every bit of data they want out of domains, and they now have the power in the relationship, right? That the data consumers get to just say, okay, you now have to do this. And the second that they get an inkling that there might be data, you now need to put it into a data quantum and start serving it. That, that is combative. Collaborative negotiation is key. Let the domains know you will work with them. Make strong ground rules about data requests to prevent teams from being inundated. You know, only start by serving actual use cases and look for low complication use cases to limit the load on the domains. But again, also make it okay to not get it perfect up front. Data Mesh gives us the flexibility to iterate towards where we need to go and not get it perfect up front. Make that clear to the domains. You are all in this together. Give them that psychological safety. I know I talk a lot about empathy and some people think it's just fluffy BS, but (laughs) it's how human beings work. It's how we work together. Carrots and compassion. Think about what what's in it for them. And oftentimes, you know, as Scott Hawkins said, there, there are certain domains that just aren't going to work with you. And it's okay to walk away from them. I know you might have the, the greatest use case in the world, you think, but I'm sure there are tens of other business use cases where people are going to be happy to work with you. And then you can kind of, you know, not in an underhanded way, but you can kind of give those people a platform to show how much value they're adding to the company. And then those people who were pushing back on you will now go, oh, I want that visibility too. So, okay, I could literally go on for 20 more minutes and I probably will in the third installment. I will leave that for a few weeks out. And on that, Scott out. Hopefully that was a useful mesh musing for you. Please do rate and review the podcast. It really does help. And if you'd like to get in touch and see how I can be helpful to you, check out the show notes. I'm pretty easy to find. As I mentioned, there are some great free programs in addition to some very affordable things around implementer intros and roundtables on the Data Mesh Understanding website. As always, if you have suggestions for guests or topics, please do get in touch. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And with that, now on to the funky outro music. Thank you.